Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, that's 12 to 3 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. You know, there are some similarities here between LeBron and Tom Brady, right? The the differences is, are that, you know, Brady's won more Super Bowls than any other quarterback. And many believe he's the goat, right? The similarities, obviously LeBron James has not won as more championships than anybody else, but Many, some believe he's the the goat. Right? These are these are arguments to be had. Both continue to compete at a very high level at an age where generally in their sport their skills should wane greatly. And of course, this is coming off of a night when LeBron James 
has his first triple-double against the Oklahoma City Thunder, which means he's now had a triple-double against every NBA team. LeBron was asked about the fact that he becomes the first NBA player to have a triple-double against every NBA team. Here's his, his answer. Does that mean anything in particular to you or symbolize something throughout your career? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know what, what to, to think about it, to be honest. I've had some great teammates and great you know, coaches that put me in position to be able to uh, facilitate. Uh, my teammates have made shots for me throughout my career. Coaches have put me in position to be successful scoring the ball. And I've just tried to, you know, read and react the ball off the rim as far as, you know, getting the rebounds. And, and hopefully, you know, throughout all those triple doubles, I, I hope that I got a, a winning record um, in, in those games because that's what's most important. So I, I really don't know what to, to really think about it. I think it's, it's just it's, it's a pretty cool stat um, to know. Sorry. Uh, it's a pretty cool stat. And uh, I'm glad it happened in a win. Why is this alarm going off after the game? That was weird, right? Everybody knows that sound, too. That sound is an alarm going off. I was like, oh, sorry about that. This is usually the time I wake up. I don't know. That was an odd one. Maybe it was from the night before. They had the night off, and he wanted to get up and get out of here or something. I don't know. Um, look, part of this is the amount of time he's been in the NBA. Part of it is his incredibly diverse skill set. Obviously, somebody like Magic Johnson couldn't have had a triple-double against NBA team because every NBA team because he only played for one. And so his journey is different because this is the third franchise he's played in, and now he's played in, you know, both conferences, if you will, both sides, East and West. So even though it's only been a year and an eighth or whatever with the Lakers, it's given him many more opportunities. All that said, all that said, LeBron's still kind of remarkable. And I think he's here's where they're really to a point where there's a parallel is that they're so accomplished now that it becomes about the guys around them. You know, think about what we talked about with Tom Brady yesterday or the day before, which is does Tom Brady have the pieces around him to be successful? And with LeBron, it's kind of similar. You know, last year when that team fell apart, was I critical of LeBron James? Yeah, I was. It was more his emotional or lack of emotional investment with his team and current teammates and how they reacted to it. It was more some of the things you can't see with his defense and not giving great effort. But at the end of the day, no one really questioned LeBron James in terms of how good he still was. It was a question about, well, he just didn't have a good enough roster. So, of course, he's not going to play, which is kind of what we're getting to with Tom Brady, right? People aren't pointing out as much Tom Brady's um, inability to, to raise the level of some of these guys. Instead, instead, they're pointing to his, his teammates. So, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this, really and truly I am. On, you know, they're the even what's his name? Tom Brady is like, I'm going to play till I can't dunk. And LeBron James on Twitter said, I'm going to play till I stop throwing touchdown passes. Right. So they're 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 kind of co-aligned there in uh, the, the respect that they have from their peers, from those in the sport. And much of it is because those guys now in the sport <laughs> grew up watching them play idolizing them. It's a, it's a really, you've been in the sport that long where you're going up against guys who literally first started watching the sport when you were playing it. 
Uh, that, that's a rare gift. But two, the fact that though their skills have waned, they have not waned so much where somebody, you know, you, somebody needs to elbow them and tell them it's time to go. And three, and this is really, really important, is um, they have they have earned the type of respect where when things go poorly, generally people don't point the finger in their direction. I, I'll grant you that the Patriots did end up winning the game last year against Kansas City Chiefs, but there was very few people who were critical of Tom Brady who didn't play well and did, in fact, you know, before the offsides penalty was called or through an interception, which would have been his third interception of the day. So I think that there's, and then the, the last part is these legacy things that LeBron can say he doesn't know how to, come on, man. Now, both are playing to win more championships. Both are playing for the legacy, not just of winning championships, but setting records which are insurmountable. There is an amount of selfishness in the way in which they play, and they both play in kind of an unselfish manner. But it's interesting that Brady, who was a sixth-round pick and was kind of um, maligned out of college, as opposed to LeBron, who was the number one overall pick, and we were told he's the king, like somehow... LeBron is now a little bit more of a sympathetic figure because he's doing it at this stage in his career. And he's trying to be more polite, more contrite, more respectful, even what he said about Kobe. Um, whereas I think there's a different confidence level to somebody like, uh, like Tom Brady, who maybe he's trying to convince himself or trying to convince everybody around him that age will not affect him. I don't know. It's, it is a fascinating parallel that we're watching two of the absolute all-time greats. Like, look, I, I don't actually think LeBron James is the greatest player ever, but I'm willing to have that conversation because there are people that do, and he's been able to do it longer and more consistently. Granted, he started earlier than Michael Jordan, but whatever. It's a, it's a, it's, if you sit here and say, like, I don't even want to have this discussion, why are, you, why are you covering sports? Why are you talking about sports? I don't think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. But Tom Brady did come back from down 28 to three. He has won six Super Bowls. You know, he has done things that no one else previously has done in the sport. And he's in any reasonable discussion about it. The same can said about LeBron James, who came back from down three games to one, has won titles with two different franchises. And with the exception of last year and a couple other nicks and bumps, like done it without injury. With the exception of last year and at, at times during the regular season, done it while playing defense. And now he's done something that no one else has done, which is record a triple-double against every single other opponent. You know? And uh, that, of course, is, is worthy of it. Worthy of any discussion. But as they, they continue to these first-evers, it's important to point out that some of the first-evers are... It, it's a little bit like Lamar Jackson, to be honest, right? It's a little bit like Tim Tebow when, when he was at Florida, some, or a little bit like James Harden. Like some stats are skewed because the sport has sports have changed, right? I mean, we have this in college. I'll, I'll give you a better example. College football. You got rushing records being set, right? Well, they're being set now because previously they didn't count bowl games. There was no overtime. There were fewer snaps, fewer possessions, 
and they're playing more games now than they've ever played before. Right, so like when people pass Barry Sanders records, remember Barry Sanders, he only got the regular season games. It was no Big 12 championship game. They played one less game in the regular season and there were, there were no postseason games that counted. There was no overtime. So of course you're going to be able to get more touchdowns, more touches, more yards, more, 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 more. In basketball, James Harden's able to average more points and more assists because one, he's shooting more three-point shots. Two, there's more possessions. They're playing faster. He dominates the basketball. Like all this stuff is more. The stats are more. LeBron James, he's able to dominate statistically because he's played a position and a style, kind of like James Harden, where he dominates the ball. You can't hand check him. And yes, it would help him defensively. But, you know, he's not a back you down guy. That's not who he is. He shot more threes than a Magic Johnson has. Like in his career, in one year, he's made more threes than Magic made probably in his career. And then, of course, he started straight out of high school. And so he started accumulating stats at a young age and playing for three different teams. So the true and honest perspective is like there has been no similar path to him. Nobody's played this many consecutive years where you dominate the ball and you dominate the ball. You can more likely and at his size average a triple double. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the other hand, you still want to tip your cap and go like, hey, the guy's still really good in his mid-30s. And he's playing great basketball. And the team, the Lakers are probably playing like the best team in the NBA right now. So, which is kind of like Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady's not perfect. Not the quarterback he was in his early 30s. You know, maybe they don't have some skill position guys. Maybe he doesn't have the arm strength he had. But at the end of the day, like LeBron James, he's still putting up numbers. They might have the best team in the NFL even if it's not perfect or at the very peak of his powers. There's there's that Tom Brady and, and LeBron James, there's a, a much greater parallel than maybe we would think from the outside. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Like, I, I get the there's an easy answer and a, a hard answer, you know, to, to any possible question. What do you do with Alabama? Hey, nothing else really had to move. And many of these things will be kind of settled on their own. Right? If Georgia wants to get into the college football playoff, and they can, they're going to have to, they're going to have to win. They're going to have to win. They're going to have to beat, uh, beat LSU in the SEC championship game. That's it. That's all. That's the end of story. And I, I find it fascinating that we spent so much time worrying about Georgia now we're like not paying attention to the elephant in the room, which is Alabama. And you can sit there and go, well, they haven't even played a game without 
Tua, that, that's actually not true. They have played games without Tua. They played a second half. You know, they scored three points after he got hurt. And yeah, they they beat Tennessee without him. But that game was made, you know, made much closer because Tua was hurt. And just this idea that um, that Mac Jones is going to come in and be the lead dog, and they'll be they're still the fifth ranked team in the country. Uh, look, I, I get that it'll work itself out. You know, it's you're probably saying to yourself, hey, Gottlieb, look, that what you said about Georgia, you're right, it doesn't matter. They're going to play LS, they'll play LSU, and if they win, they're in. It works itself out. Oregon and Utah doesn't matter where you put them. Whichever team wins that game likely elevates themselves above that of Alabama. And unless if Georgia wins, Georgia gets in. If not, it's the winner of that game. Like all that stuff seems reasonable. But wouldn't it be reasonable to move Alabama down? Like they lost their best player. They lost their starting quarterback. And though Mac Jones was highly rated, like no one believes he's Tua Tavagaloga. I don't know. I just, I, I felt like every argument they've made previously, I, I can find a reasonable way in which to say like, oh, okay, but they're simply not as good a football team. They lost their starting quarterback and the committee basically recognized them as the exact same football team. And that one's, that's hard to believe. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What the Patriots are doing in terms of sustained success is what everybody's dream of of being is, and that's what the Cowboys dream of. You think you're a Super Bowl team. You're as healthy as you've been all season. You're coming off a game which was not an easy win, but a very winnable game. Like It's not like you've gone through a murderer's row of beaten up, beaten up, beaten up. Don't tell me you're pregnant. Show me the baby, right? That's what, what it's a reasonable expectation to think you're going to raise your level for this game because it does, in fact, matter that much. You know, there's just games in your schedule. Saints, Packers, Vikings, Patriots. The, the, the expectation wasn't to win all of them, but one of them or two of them, right? Like you just win the divisional games, you're going to the playoffs. You know, you win five out of six divisional games. You, this year you can win six out of six, but five out of six divisional games and you can, you can go to the playoffs. Six out of six, you're going. And it's, it's right there for them because they beat the hell out of the Eagles. And the Giants stink and the Redskins stink. And okay, so you win six out of six, you're, you're going. Combined with Detroit, they lost to the Jets. All right, you you were totally banged up and they surprised you. You don't have to win every one of these games, but you got to win one of them. And you like to win two of them. And seeing as they couldn't beat the Packers and they couldn't beat the Saints and they, can you beat the Patriots on the road in November when the Patriots themselves know 
we're not really right right now. We're not really as talented right now. And I think if you lined up guys, you would take the Cowboys guys ahead of many of the Patriots guys. Both sides of the ball. So I, when Witten says that, he's not expressing frustration. He's expressing expectation. Hey, it's not a, it's not a must win, but it's a boy. Kind of need to win one of these, don't we? How can we go into the playoffs and not have beaten any of the playoff teams? Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. 
If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's welcome in Daniel Jeremiah, who uh, just got back from Mexico City. Um, Just before we get to that particular game, the Phillip Rivers discussion, the Kansas City discussion, uh, the field appeared to be better, but there were some big divots there. Altitude really affected the game. I thought both teams were just huffing and puffing. Chargers only four wide receivers. I think that obviously hurt them. Um, but what now that you've experienced a game in Mexico City, uh, do you think it's a good idea to keep going down there and playing games? A lot, lot to unpack there, Doug. First of all, uh, Jimmy Johnson and I played in the same Little League, uh, both from El Cajon and went to high school five minutes from where I did. So, um that was big news there with him, with him uh, now saying he's not going to race anymore. You know, California, that's all we do is produce championship NASCAR drivers, what we're known for. Um, on, the, uh, on the field stuff, I mean, look, it, I've, there, I've seen bad fields. It was bad. It wasn't, you know, all-time bad. Um, it was coming up a little bit. They got, it, uh, they, got it, they got used to it, I would say, in the second half, and they were really working on trying to replace their divots and so it was playable. Uh, the energy was outstanding in the stadium. Uh, it was packed. There was uh, a ton of Charger fans there, and it was uh, it was a fun environment. I don't. I, I guess I think they're up. Their contract with uh, Mexico City, I believe, is up. Um, so I know the international thing is going to continue. I don't know if Mexico City will be uh, will be in that rotation. But overall, I thought it was a good experience. How much did altitude play a factor in the game? I, I would say it played a factor to the point that the Chiefs, because the Chargers had the ball. Um, at the end of the game for a good bit that the Chiefs were completely gassed. That's why the decision, I guess the Chargers came out and said they would have gone for two to try and end it, but I'm not so sure. Um, you know, maybe you try and take that thing into overtime because I think that they were, I mean, golly, they were they were totally gassed. So uh, the Chargers were tired. I thought the Chiefs looked a little more tired uh, at the end of the ball game. So, yeah, it was, it was definitely a factor. Which is why I don't understand why they went, like, and maybe this sounds crazy, 25 seconds to go. Wouldn't you run it at least once? You know, I mean, I, I, I don't like I don't get Phillips' decision making, and yeah. it's been bad. It was bad against the Raiders, but also like, uh, it, you know, you, you have Hunter Henry. You got all these intermediate one. You can either throw it in the middle or run or run it once. I mean, the the Chiefs were completely out of gas. The idea that they would have been mm-hmm. able to tackle uh, seems far fetched. I would have handed the ball to Melvin Gordon and see if. You know, if he can get you close, spike it, and then, you know, do it again. Just trying to, uh, is that a crazy thought? 
No, I mean, I think you could you'd had get right back up on the football. But the the other option, which I thought we might see, was um, if you remember the end of that Tennessee game, they hit uh, Eckler on that little angle route and the yes. one that they thought they scored on. You know, you don't have to throw it into the end zone with 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 the two backs you have. You can check it down, and they're they're very capable of running by or making you miss. Just put it in their hands. But uh, man, it was uh, it was a heck of a drive at that point in time. Just to you know, ended. You can't underthrow a wheel route. That's just it's never gonna. You know, it's something he can't come out of because I've seen him, you know, play really well. He's just got to find a way to eliminate those two or three decisions every game. What do you think they do the off season? That's going to be a that's going to be a really interesting uh, decision. You know, with all the different factors. You know, going into a new stadium where this team is positioned to win right now. You, you figure you get healthy. Um, does that change things? You've got to. You know, Tom Telesco's got to sort all that information out. Um, with the other thing that's kind of in the background, Doug, is when you look around the league right now, um, it's you're not finding you know stationary pocket passing teams having a lot of success offensively right now. Even like Breeze, the Saints don't look quite right. Tom Brady, they don't look quite right. Um, you know, guys that can not only just not talking quarterback design run stuff, but guys that can get themselves out of trouble. Like Mahomes in that game, he had three third down conversions where he picked up 20 yards each on the ground. Those were big plays in the game. Uh, where he didn't really have as much of an impact throwing the football. It's just the way the game is right now. You have to make the decision: can you, you know, can you play this uh, this style and uh, and be successful? It's that's an interesting decision for them to make. I'm glad I don't have to make it. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. What, what about the Chiefs? They, you know, they had a lead, but because they can't run the football, I know some of it's Andy Reid, yeah. but some of it is they haven't run the football well since they lost Kareem Hunt. Um, and then you know you you put your defense in a really precarious situation where it's on the field for a long time. It's not a great defense. Yeah. You know they got some dogs on that uh, on that defensive side of the ball. I, I guess I'm wondering your thoughts on the Chiefs, having seen them up close and personal now. Look, they got the turnovers. You don't take that away from them. But I mean, I thought the Chargers moved it easily up and down the field. I mean, they had what 300 yards in the first half. Um, and I get the sense just when you talk to people around the league and when you watch the tape of them playing against physical teams, and I'm not saying the Chargers are the most physical team, but when you watch, uh, you know, when you watch the Colts push them around a little bit, um, even though the, the Ravens lost to them, uh, I think that's a difficult matchup for them in the postseason because they'll push them around. The Patriots, they get, they get Isaiah Wynn back. They're going to get back to playing power football. Um, the, the sentiment around the league is the Chiefs, it's a lot of flash. But when it comes down to it and you want to, you know, kind of punch them in the mouth, they, you know, feel like you can do that to them and they won't respond well. So that's, that's the feeling. That's just not my opinion. That's, that's the opinion of a lot of people around the league. All right, let's get to the, the Ravens. You saw the Chargers adjustments they made from first time they saw them to second time they saw them last year. But yeah. this year they're fully committed to this style. They've added some key pieces to this style. And Lamar Jackson's gotten better. And I think the defense since acquiring uh, Marcus mm-hmm. Peters has, has become much better. Um, but I do think that we're a little bit prisoners of the moment, right? Like we're forgetting the fact they were bad against Kansas City. They were he was not good against Cincinnati the first time, and Cincinnati is not good. And he wasn't good against Pittsburgh. You know, he's been a little bit more up and down than I, I guess my question is the sustainability of what Baltimore's doing, do you believe in it? Well, I, I think that you made a couple good points here. First of all, they've committed to it. I thought adding speed, while the numbers aren't going to blow you away, you know, because they're still you feature the tight ends, but Marquise Brown being healthy and making you defend vertically down the field is a big addition to this offense. Um, I think Mark Ingram is the perfect back. He's better than what they had last year um, to run in this system. 
And then defensively, you're right, they're, they're playing much better, and it's not just Marcus Peters thinking Jimmy Smith, getting him healthy. Um, the coverage has helped their pass rush. So all these things together, is it sustainable? Yes, I think it's going to get more difficult when you get in the postseason, and I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens if the Patriots face them again because I, I felt like the Chargers on accident kind of stumbled into the formula, which was they had no linebackers, put as much speed on the field as you can, and then stop worrying about trying to stack blocks and playoff blocks and just penetrate, attack and penetrate, then you have as much speed on the field to try and take away Lamar Jackson as a runner. And we just haven't really seen teams do that. So um, I'd be anxious to see what the Patriots do in a rematch. I'm fascinated by no one's hit him when he runs the option. Just, you know, the, the kind of old school. It's what they did to Russell yeah. Wilson early in his career where you want to run zone read, fine. We're going to hit the quarterback every time because we're allowed to. No one's teed off on him and just said, hey, we're going to maul the quarterback, even if that means, you know, we give up a couple of extra yards on the pitch. There's a disagreement amongst, uh, you know, coaches on how you play the zone read. Uh, there's folks in Nebraska, and uh, Alabama's done this the way they've played it. They like to slow play it, and they sit and hang and slow play it. And then there's other teams that just attack the mesh point, which is what I believe in, and I think it's the right way to do it. You force a quick decision, and you attack the mesh point, you're going to hit the quarterback every single time. I-, I talked to an offensive line coach in the league who had a mobile quarterback, not to the level of Lamar Jackson, but somebody they would sprinkle this stuff in. And he said, it was like clockwork. We run a zone rate a couple times a game, but the first time we run it and he hands it off and they hit him, our offensive coordinator gets on the headset and goes, that's it, we're done with that. So right. stop, stop recommending that for the rest of the day. And they don't do that. So it's, it's bizarre to me because that seems to me the way that you have to, uh, have to approach trying to slow this thing down. If Mark, you know, Mark Ingram runs for 180 yards, then you live with it, but you're not going to let Lamar Jackson get loose like that. What do you think? Jameis continues to turn the ball over at a crazy rate. Yeah. Obviously, the O.J. Howard one wasn't his fault, but the other ones, you're like, yeah, all right. Um, you know, like, look, they got the same problem the Chargers have. The only difference is he's much younger. He does have a ton of arm talent. He does make plays, but gosh, he makes a bunch of mistakes. What do you think Tampa does with their quarterback situation in the offseason? Well, everything still seems to be that they're, you know, from Coach Arian's comments, you know, Jason Light haven't selected him. They, they still believe in Jameis Winston. Doug, I, you know, when I look at quarterbacks and I try and boil it all down to what are the three things that, that are most important, and I would say, you know, accuracy, decision-making, and poise, and Jameis Winston, decision-making-wise, has just not been a, you know, not been a winning quarterback from that standpoint. And you saw it some in college, and you're seeing a lot here in the NFL, and it's just hard. It's hard to string wins together consistently when you're not making good decisions at that position. I think you see that around the league. Uh, on a yearly basis. And I don't know. I, I feel like we've seen enough there to know that I don't know that it's getting better. Um, so I, I would definitely be shopping and, uh, you know, we'll see what they do. I have a feeling they're probably going to uh, continue to roll with them here. But, man, I've, I've seen an awful lot of the same thing for a long time. All right. You've been a scout, obviously, with the Baltimore Ravens. We see you on the dais with the NFL Network during the NFL draft. Give me your best guess on what happens with Tua Tavailoa. Because the you know, he could still go very high. Obviously, they got to see the medicals and how the hip heals and exactly what went wrong yeah. inside there. But he could also come back for a year and prove that he's fully healthy. Like, there's a bunch of options still that are out there. What's your best guess on how the Tua thing goes? My guess is that he will probably come out. Um, and I'll, I'll base that off of I, I've been around long enough to know what the pitch is to these players about whether to go or to leave, uh, whether to go or to stay. Um, and the pitch is going to be, 
get drafted. You're going to get drafted. You're, you're more than likely going to be a first-round pick, even if you follow, but you're going to be a first-round pick. You're going to have this next year, even if you didn't play it all this next year. Worst-case scenario, you're going to be in an NFL building with NFL you know, medical people taking care of you 24-7, 365. You're not going to be going to history class. Uh, you're not going to be dealing with you know college-level resources. Uh, so that's going to be the sales pitch. I imagine he will he will buy into that, and I do believe it'll it'll affect his his uh, stock. I think he will slide. Um, you know, I I, don't, I haven't don't have a good enough handle on the medical stuff right now with this injury. From what I've been told, um, it, it's it's concerning. So you know, does that does that push him out of the top ten? Uh, I don't know. I, I just I I thought he was going to be the first, second, third player picked, and I don't think that anymore. Yeah, it's it's really kind of alarming and and sad. Um, what do you make of the Niners? How good are they? They're they're we got this problem in the NFL now where normally I've talked about this. Normally at the end of the year, yeah. maybe from this point on or a couple games, now you start to see younger players being played. But we have a couple teams that have kind of committed to being bad early this year, and so it's it's really been hard to see who's good. And the Niners, the Patriots, Cowboys, you get some of these teams that have a just a ridiculously easy schedule in comparison to the rest of the league. The Niners are one of those teams. Um, I'm willing to believe that Arizona, it's a matchup thing and it's a new style and maybe that's hard to, but they haven't put them, they've had trouble putting them away twice. And I, and and I, and they've had a bunch of injuries as well. Missing your tackles. You know that with the chargers hurts them, but how, how good are the Niners? I still think they're really good. And I think when you get in the postseason, it's sometimes it comes down to styles. Um, I think, you know, look, they, they have a, one of the best defensive line coaches in the NFL, Chris Kasirk. Chris Kasirk is a wide nine guy, uh, which means you're lining up outside the tight end and you are getting upfield with your, with your end. So it's an attacking front, and it can give you a lot of fits. The, the kryptonite for that front, though, is a mobile athletic quarterback because obviously when you're rushing up the field, there's running lanes. And now you've seen Russell Wilson in key moments against them uh, pick up a bunch of yards with his legs. And you've seen a couple games against Kyler Murray where he's had some success as well. Um, so that to me is, would be my one concern. But I think when you look at um, kind of the, the foundational pieces, championship level pieces, offensive line, defensive line went healthy, uh, outstanding. They can run the ball. Uh, the quarterback, you know, I look, you don't need to be consistently great to win a Super Bowl at quarterback, but you've got to have an upside ceiling where you can put together three games um, that can win you a championship. And while Garoppolo might be a little spotty at times, I think his ceiling's pretty high, and he's capable of playing at that level for a, for a small stretch of game. So I still believe in him. Uh, I just think you know the, the, the mobile quarterback thing is something you got to keep an eye on when you're when you're watching that ball club. Cowboys Patriots, who do you like? I just I don't have any belief in the in the Patriots offense right now, um, and I would think the Cowboys you know, can can fight their way and scratch their way to to twenty points, and I think that might be enough. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. You talked about we everybody said skill position players, but it's also one skill position player is Tom Brady. Is he what he used to be? And I think both of our answers would be no. It doesn't mean that he's no. solely responsible for their ineptitude, but I think that he's at least a, a, a partially responsible. It's a tough way to play, and they've played this way for a long time, where you know everybody else in the league relies on explosive plays because it's so hard to string together 10, 12, 13-play drives. Well, the Patriots have been the exception, as they are to so many of these rules. Uh, because he's been so accurate, they've been able to dink and dunk their way down the field and still finish drives, and one of the few teams I've ever seen do that at a consistent level. Well, now when Brady's not as consistent on the layups, 
man, there's no explosive plays, and then you miss some layoffs. You, you trot your punter out there an awful lot. Great stuff, DJ. Daniel Jeremiah, Move the Sticks is the podcast. You check him out on the NFL Network. DJ, thanks so much. Thanks, bud. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.